After a horrific accident, Mike wakes to find himself blind in one eye. He sees things that others can't, and nobody will listen to him. That is until he meets Jandalin Hollow. Will she be able to pull him out of the depths of his despair? Can love transcend even death? Find out in the spirit clearing. This is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Well, and Spirit Clearing happens to be one of my favorite Tupo books. So, is it? Yeah. So what makes it your favorite? Because I know what makes it one of my, I mean, they're all my favorites. And I, I love the zombie series, of course. And that's kind of like a, a given. Um, But what makes this one of your favorite standalones? That it's an actual horror story. Mm-hmm. That, that, that um, compared to the zombies or anything else like that, this one, I mean, you, you got the car accident at the beginning. You, you know, you see him grow a little bit as a person. You got the old dude, Jed, which, uh, you know, he's working security and, mm-hmm. and see some creepy shit. But out of all of them, this one is an actual horror story. And I mean, it'd, it'd be a great movie. Um, yeah, you could shoot the movie, just the ending. You wouldn't have to have the whole beginning part with the the marriage and the life and everything. Shoot it from the point of when they get, he gets, he buys the house. Oh, totally. Um, it kind of reminds, it reminds me of a little bit of what lies beneath the mm-hmm. old Harrison Ford. Yeah. So, um, that, that's kind of nice. Um, and and the whole ending is such a trip in this book compared to uh, some of the other stories. You know, it's got the shocking and revealing thing. And then he's got the sheriff and Durgan's little weird foggy shit. Let's control on him. So, I mean, yep. that's what I really like about this one is it's it's just more horror based. And I love I love horror. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's I like this because Durgan's the bad guy, but he's not the bad guy. Um, I I like this because I think it proves, you know, the the whole Durgan is just he he's a piece of shit, but he still no Tim. <laughs> yeah, just he's that high school jock bully that we all had to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. let me kick crap out of you then you can be my buddy and 20 bucks give me your lunch money and all of that so i mean um the the whole accident scene him developing as a writer and stuff like that and i i really want to know if mark you know because he lives out in the middle of nowhere uh (laughs) you know did he write some of that stuff from heart you know that that's really the good question you know he he did i have talked to him about it um when he's been on when he's been on the 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 podcast he said he had to stop writing for a little while after he wrote this one he usually writes every day and he said this book writing this took a lot out of him emotionally spiritually mentally he needed to take a step back and just take a deep breath after oh. writing this. And I can totally understand why he did. 
the car accident scene is totally fictitious. That never happened to him in his life. He never had two friends. There was never him and two friends, the, the Paul and the Dennis characters yeah. that are in the stories that, uh, you know, that are in real, his friends in real life. They never got into a car accident. That oh, whole okay. thing is, is made up. People have gotten in car accidents with their friends. Right. So he did, you know, you, you write what you know. And, um, and I think Dennis, the character that is Dennis, that's the friend that passed away, I okay. think, last year when he had posted about that. I wasn't going right. to push him too much on that, but I do believe yeah, he said that that was the one that, uh, you know, he's really going to miss because he really loved that guy. And, you know, that was one of his best friends. Um, that that camaraderie that they, the, the book be begins with. I mean, mm -hmm. I had friends and we'd go out drinking and just doing dumb shit. I mean, my buddy Roy, we, he had an 83 Suburban and it was six and a half miles long. We're driving and just doing dumb teenage shit. And, and so the mm -hmm. beginning, I'm like, oh, I already did this. I lived this part of my life already. Yep. And so we did, we did feel invincible. And then boom, they, they hit the tree. Um, and you're like, shit, shit, Paul and Dennis died. And then you're like, oh, this is where the murdering of Paul in horrible ways starts. Because mm -hmm. Paul dies in all of the other books. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, there, there's Paul. Yeah. He, he's crushed against the steering wheel. Then the fire slowly encompasses him. And I'm like, ah, yeah. And it, this one I listened to so early on that, I mean, I picked it up Monday and, and, and ran through it. And I was like, ah, yep. Kill, gotta kill Paul. And so, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I do love about Mark's writing compared to some other authors is it's that that friendship bond that i mean we've all had at different points in our life and everything so you got those stupid friends that they they call you up you're like uh all right i'll give you an alibi yeah we all got that one group of friends and i think paul and dennis in in this book was that group of friends yeah it definitely goes deeper into so, it goes deeper into the the psyche and their of their relationship. But the, the book opens up with, you know, it was a cool fall evening. That was the night Michael Talbot died. And you're like, okay, I'm in. What is gonna happen now? And they, they it takes off at the drive-in movie theater, watching the Cheech and Chong movie marathon. And you're thinking to yourself, I've heard this before. This is how Indian Hill kind of starts, where they're at the Cheech and Chong movie theater. I'm like, oh, oh the, the the movie marathon. Oh, the, this is where the car accident happens yeah. after the thing, which I think it's brilliant that he wrote in that the, 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 the theater owner had a bunch of old food that was about to expire. And rather than throw it out, let's have a stoner movie marathon and they'll eat all the shit that we're going to get rid of. <laughs> and they end up doing that. Oh. Which is great because that happened. In, that happens in real life. Oh yeah, totally happens in real <laughs> life and everything. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, you got them, they're getting stoned, they're getting drunk, and just doing shit as, as teenagers. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts out with such an innocent beginning. Yeah, it's three friends just having a good time, you know, smoking dope, drinking, just having fun. Granted, they're teenagers, they shouldn't be doing this unless I don't think this story took place back in the 70s, you know, up in... But I don't think, but what is legal drinking age in Colorado? Because this takes place in Colorado. Is it 21 the entire country? Um, um, I think it's 21 still. still What is the drinking age in Colorado? Let's find out right now. Let's ask the expert. What does she say? She didn't answer me. Nope, it's 21. Minimum legal drinking age for Colorado is 21. But, uh, you (laughs) know. Yeah, so I figured, you know, Mark's our age, and so I figured this was an early 90s story uh, um, where they're, you know, in high school and stuff, so. Yep. Yeah, it uh, definitely, yeah. I, it, it, and you you see them, you, they get into the car, Paul wakes up, and he's all distori- disoriented, and he gets in the car and he starts driving, and you know in the back of your mind, if you've read Indian Hill book one, where yep. this is leading. Is this going to be, is the, are they going to hit the tree? What's going to happen? Does Mike die? Because the book says, you know, I, I kind of wondered, are they going to kill him off in the beginning? Because, it, or is this an afterlife story? Because Mike's the hero. How do you start the book saying, we know he's going to die at some point, but when does he die? How does he die? What are the, the circumstances behind his death? Where they hit the tree, Paul burns up, um, Mike doesn't get to save him. Dennis, it seems like Dennis breaks his neck, just slams into the back of the seat because he's passed out asleep. And Mike gets thrown out of the car again. And, you know, he hits another tree or whatever. He goes through the windshield yeah. and he's he's out of it. You know, you don't know what's yeah. going on with him. And he wakes up in the hospital and you're thinking to yourself, okay, did he die? And then they brought him back to life. And now what's happening to him is because of, you know, his eye, he lost all his pigmentation so he can see the the auras around people is, you know, can he see, is, is he Haley Joel Osment? Can he see dead people? What is, what is going on? What is the twist? It's a simple story, but Mark takes it in a totally different direction. The way the only Mark can do it. And that's one of the things that I, I read this story. I listened to this story three times in the past week. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot how good this was. Because I listened to it once last year. And I was like, eh, decent. And then I listened to some of the other stories. And you realize as all of his worlds intertwine, if you listen to one, you got to listen to the other to kind of understand what's happening. So it, it, it helps to go back and revisit some stories sometimes because you realize Oh, that's from there. That's from there. I'm picking up this from this book. And this is from Tim. And that's from Devil's Desk. And, oh, he talked about this in, you know, Shrouded World. You're like, how does he keep track of all this stuff? How many Post-its notes does he have all over his computer? (laughs) I I, I honestly think Tracy keeps his notes in real life. (laughs) Yeah, she must. Uh, Somebody's got it. uh, You need... Somebody's got to, because it's insane, because, yeah, you're like, okay, so this is from here, this is from there, and you're like, yeah, it, it's so, such world building that 
um that's what i really like mm-hmm. um and then uh you know so you get the you get the car accident mike is dead but then then they bring him back and it's such a fight and i like the fact that he's he, he's dead but in his brain he's gone through the recovery he's in a coma i mean and there's a whole rehab session and everything there what is going on mm-hmm. where you're like shit and then you know you, you're getting to the end of the book and you're like oh he's been dead the whole time and so for you to think shit i'm dead why would i go through a, a year of physical therapy or any of this stuff but it it just shows let you know uh, uh mark's got a great writing style mhm mhm so and i like how they work in the other characters you get durgan you get jed you meet jed's wife um i'm kind of surprised that they used i've never heard jandalin before in any of the other stories but and then I realized at the end, wait, Jandalin was Durgan's fiance, but in uh, Indian Hill, is it? I think Stephanie is Durgan's girlfriend that they go to the concert together. But this also takes place in high school. They're still kids, right? Durgan's got yeah. another yeah. wife. Yeah. So, you know, Jandalin, Jandalin never crossed paths. I don't think in any other story. I I don't recall. Um. All I can think of is is Jendalyn is is just because they you know he got hit with her at the time. That's when Mike comes across her because that, that's the only way that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never heard of her before. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. You've met Tracy in real life. I always pictured Tracy as a brunette. So Jendalyn being a blonde kind of threw me off. I always thought Talbot was a brunette guy, maybe liked a redhead. So blonde threw me off. Mm-hmm. Um, a little different. I think Tracy's a but, uh, redhead in uh, yeah. real life. Make she's an actual redhead from what I re- I met her. I met her that one time at the okay. casino and I was probably half in the bag by the time we ended up talking. But yeah, she's not <laughs> like, it's not fiery red, like a, like a cedar from distance or anything like that. But um, yeah, I think Tracy's definitely okay. a, a redhead and a sweet woman. A redhead. Boot. She was great to meet, you know, love doing it. So, yeah. but um, yeah, Mike, he lives um, an entire I, I life. Definitely... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh well, I, I definitely think she's got to be a great woman. <laughs> she mean, puts up with a lot I, of I shit. Here and I, I, yeah. Yeah. A yeah, lot of craziness does. of what goes on in his mind. So if you listen back to what uh, he wrote, Tim, and she was proofreading Tim, she just kind of looked at him like, who the hell did I marry? Who are you? And, and what have you done with my husband? Because this is a crazy person that just wrote this story. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I But Tim is so much fun. Out of all of his characters, I would still love to see a Tim Four mm-hmm. over an Indian Hill or over anything else. I... I I have a soundtrack in my brain for the Tim movie. You know, it's got Scissor Sisters and a bunch of 90s music, but it just would be great. You know what sucks is Tim dies um, in Devil's Desk, but he's writing another Devil's Desk 
yes. book. So it's like, ah, oh, who's going to be the asshole? You know, every book he has has to have an asshole uh, uh, in it. Does he bring Durgan in as the asshole or does he introduce a totally new asshole? Um, yeah, since Devil's Desk 2 is coming out, that's some exciting news. But I, I, I don't know because he killed off all of the assholes. He killed <laughs> off Tim. He, uh, Laura, the bitch, uh, she's mm-hmm. dead. So BT's yep. out. I, I, I assume BT's going to go out, run around trying to avenge and Mike is going to end up out there saving his ass so yeah he I definitely left an opening for it so it'll be interesting big thing but then the question is yeah is he gonna bring tommy in to the devil's desk because tommy is such a vital character throughout and this this book series because they're so young there's no tommy in mm-hmm. a spirit clearing so no tommy no trip i mean had he not even thought of those guys because it's 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 him. No Paul, no friends. It's him, and then you get Jed, and Jed is that yeah cool uh, that cool old dude who might say some messed up racist shit, but he's not racist at all. It's just mm-hmm. he grew up a hundred years ago, and some shit comes out of his mouth, but he's a great guy, and yeah. that's kind of how I pictured Jed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jed's definitely the father um, figure to Mike in this story where he helps him out with getting his first job when he moves out to California to go live with Janelyn, who's going to school and, you know, helps pay for the wedding and he helps mentor Mike and he's a horrible poker player. And Mike ends up, you know, basically winning all the money to pay for Janelyn's engagement ring that he won off of Jed and his friends playing cards because they're so bad at playing cards. Um, and it's 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 terrible when Jed passes that you really felt that connection. If and you know if anybody out there if they ever lost a parent or a loved one or or a parental figure to you, you know how hard that is when that how emotional that is when that happens. And I felt for Mike in that moment when Jed passed away, and you realize uh, when the contact slips off of his eye, he can see the death or the demon or whatever it is that he's seeing hovering over Jed. And he's been able to, to swat that away a couple of times, but he couldn't do that for Jed this time. And you really, you start thinking to yourself, what is going on in this story? Who is, you know, what is this spirit that is haunting Mike? You kind of find out why, because it's, you know, Oh, nope. He was supposed to die at this point. And you didn't catch his soul. So now he's still back. You got to go make this right. And he's being haunted through the entire story now and seeing these visions and all these different aspects of life and and, and auras around people that he can see with his eye um, being as messed up as he is, that when he sees that with Jed, you think to yourself, oh, this is real. This is coming for him. What happens? How does it come for Jandalyn? How has it come for you know anybody else in his life? Because it's already taken. He's already lost Dennis. He's already lost yep. Paul. He's lost Jed. Process of elimination of people in this books. We're not going to care if it takes Jandalyn's mother because you're kind of rooting for that to happen throughout the entire thing. It's coming for Jandalyn. 
And when that moment hit and you're thinking to yourself, well, they're not going to kill the baby too. Baby's going to survive. So the mother can, you know, the mother sacrifices herself for the baby and he takes both of them. You know, this is, if you haven't figured this out, this whole thing's full of spoilers people. Uh, You know, the mother and the baby both die in childbirth and you're like, it's that Roy Schneider sitting on the beach in Jaws where the camera pans out, where the tripod goes out and the camera zooms in and you're like, whoa, what the hell just happened? <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I thought the baby was going to live or something or he was going to have a bonding moment with the mother-in-law. Yeah. No, baby's dead. She comes in and just says, you murdered her you piece of shit and yeah. it was nothing for her to do that and, and i was like he has just been crushed his whole world is gone and here comes this no level bitch because no level is a whole different level of bitch and she just comes in and obliterates him and, and his father-in-law is like what do you do? Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, he, he, he took both of them. It's crazy. Um, he swung for the fences that, in this that's book. That's the other thing. In I, the heart, I, heart-wrenching part. Oh, he did. And he wasn't afraid to. And that's the thing I like about Mark is in, in all of the books. I mean, you've got him taking the niece and that was, uh, you know, what was that zombie fallout? four or five yeah, or something. The niece is there and he's not afraid to just go where ah, main character too bad. You're dead. Um, so <laughs> don't get used to this person. <laughs> don't get attached. Yeah. But um, I would have liked to have seen her, her be shocking in this book. Good. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 the most, one of the most shocking deaths in, in this, besides her and the baby in this was Trip. When he had Trip die in 11, 12, somewhere. So, somebody on the internet, correct me, put it in the YouTube notes. How about that? We'll, we'll do that. Uh, I know Trip's um, death but, scene, but uh, I don't know which, yeah, which book it is that he dies in. Yeah, right. it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's not afraid to do that. He doesn't pull punches. And as an author, I, I, I as a fan of him, such a hardcore fan of him, I mm-hmm. really appreciate that fact. Um. So then, and then he, you know, he, he's he's devastated. Um, and he gets the, the check, and then he's out in Washington, just. Looking in the middle of nowhere, which I can appreciate. I can appreciate. I live in Montana, 37 miles from Billings. I live in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. because people suck. So I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, this is the house she told me to get. And just, he's like, let's, let's get this done. So. Yeah, no home inspection, no nothing. Hasn't never gone into the basement. There's a room above the bedroom that he can't even actually get into. They don't know what's going on, but he just knows he has to have this house. And this is where the movie starts. 
Oh, you know, the beginning of it is all the 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 preamble. You know, you can do that in little flashback scenes and stuff like yep. that. This is where the horror movie starts. Oh, oh. once he yeah. moves into that house, boom, it's off to the races. Um, oh yeah. And 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 then you've got every small town America, you know, you got the you got the guy at the hardware store, you got the dickhead of a sheriff. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up in a town of about 1600 people mm-hmm. and the sheriff i mean we used to get out on our dirt bikes we didn't have endorsements or anything and we jumped through fields and he was a dickhead so we would run from him all the time speaking of that dumb high school shit you know so uh, uh yeah and he's out there he doesn't care and yeah this is truly where the shit hits the fan yeah um in his world and you're kind of wondering what is the clearing that he's he's chopping down trees and he's doing all this crazy shit out there. What what this is all about? Where is this whole thing going? And then when you when you get to the ending of the the book and you find out um, if you haven't read this by now, you probably should know this uh, <laughs> that we're going to spoil it for you. That Mike Mike actually Mike died in the car accident as well. Dennis died in the car accident as well. And they both went and lived their lives. They have the cat that is part of it, patches, the little patches, the cat that is the, the conduit from the from one world, the living world to the dead world, which you know, people say like either a cat or a crow or or, or something like that that takes you to the other side. That Dennis saw the cat as well. Dennis was on a fishing boat doing some shit for I forget how many years. And, you know, Mike lived four or five years after the accident, so to speak. But the whole thing is, it's kind of like a dream where they say your dreams are only two minutes long. Every dream, no matter how long it is, you only dream for two minutes at a time. So in that two minutes, Mike lived four years, four or five years, however it, it worked out to be. And you get to ask yourself, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. And I was going to say, and the end of the dream got real shitty, just real (laughs) shitty. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. If you had to live, let's say you die and you lived, had to live two, you know, your two minutes in four, your four years in two minutes, I should say, what would it be? What would what would your death moment be where you don't see a white light? You literally go and live an entire lifetime. Oh, oh yeah. But it wasn't a great lifetime. The highlight of this whole lifetime was playing poker, taking Jed's money, uh, Jendalyn and all of that. But then it all just gets stripped away. I mean, he's a, he's a man. His book is selling. Things are going great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just all gets yanked away and he's just devastated. Yeah, the- and so, I mean, yeah, it's horrible. It's just horrible shit. He gets everything that he wants. He gets the girl, he gets the life, he gets the book deal. She does all this stuff for him. She gets pregnant. They get married. They're buying a bigger house. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
let's pull the rug out from underneath you and let's 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 turn this shit up to 11 and that's that's what happens in oh, the oh, story oh yeah guaranteed uh, 11 i mean shit the, the mom attacking him oh just just you kind of wish that the mother was like the sister of Denot, you know your aunt vivian oh, oh. or just some little hint that would have been awesome in this story to be like okay this is why she's such a c-word this is Denot's sister you know yeah yeah <laughs> um and so, I mean, and he's only in the house, what, a week? If that. He's barely gotten weeks, furniture. Maybe. I, I. Yeah. I mean, oh, speaking of furniture, the furniture dude, I, I like how that is the thing. The furniture dudes are just like, I hope your guts get yanked out, you piece of shit. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> what'd you say? And, uh... But did they yeah, say that, or is that what Mike patches. heard? Because that's what the house is having him say. Right. Um, and so, you know, he he gets in. Patches is there. She she pops his inflatable mattress, makes him sad. He has to go get a thing. He never moves out of the main level. He doesn't get upstairs, does he? Trying to remember. I. Yeah, he does get into the bedroom. He gets into the bedroom because when Durgan comes, Durgan ends up um, okay. sleeping in the bed with him because he says your couch oh, yeah. sucks. So, I mean, you got to kill Durgan oh, yeah. for the standpoint okay. that he yep. climbs into bed with you, in my eyes. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I, I take Durgan, Durgan over Tim any day because, Tim, you're going to end up with some bright SpongeBob boxers and something weird. And, and, and you know, so out of the two main bullies in in this series, you'll take Durgan uh, over Tim. Durgan, I take Durgan over Tim. Oh, that might be a good question. I'm going to take a Durgan over Tim. Durgan, or who who would you choose to be your bully, dickhead? Durgan or Tim? All right, that is. If you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, or you're watching this on YouTube, in the comments below, who would you rather, Durgan or Tim? And on Spotify, there'll be a Q&A at the bottom of this that'll say uh, Durgan or Tim. Let's let's take a poll and see what people think, because I think I would go with Tim, because as much of a dick as Tim is in Devil's Desk, Tim ends up being the hero in the story. He's an asshole, but he's a heroic asshole, and he's going to let you know that he's saving your life while he's punching the shit out of a Yeti or doing whatever he's got to do, that he just saved your life. Deal with it. You know, whatever. Bye. Yeah. See you later. That's Tim. Um, Durgan's just a straight up dick. Oh, oh, Durgan's a total piece of shit. But uh, I mean, so because I'm afraid that Tim is going to snuggle up to me like I'm his fucking teddy bear. And just wrap around me, and I'm done. Tim's like six, seven, and, and he's gonna—he's just gonna whisper something that's gonna make it extra creepy in my ear. Mm-hmm. Durgan, we're gonna end up in a fist fight, you know. You know, so you know where you stand I, with Durgan. I'm going Durgan. All right, yeah, yeah. he's going so. Durgan. I'm going Tim. We got one, one, one vote each. Okay. <laughs> so, well. Adrian, as we start to wrap things up, what was your takeaway 
from this story? What was what what hit you the most? And you went, you know, shit, I'm going to go plant a garden. I'm going to go live my life. What at the end of this did you did you what was your 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 mental stability, your mental state that you um, you thought after this? So, OK, so. I had some medical stuff recently go on. I ended up in the ICU. Ooh. So doing this book after an event like that um, was kind of crazy because then it's like, oh, I mean, because there was a strong chance I was going to die here a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, shit didn't happen. And I, I, didn't. I moved on. Yeah, me too. Because, God, that would have made some shit just bad. But um, so did didn't die and then redoing the spirit clearing i mean you're like oh that that amount of time paul's out of our uh dennis is out on a fishing boat for like five or ten years and stuff i'm like okay there's a possibility mark doesn't know who knows that something like that could happen but mm -hmm. uh it was uh definitely you know make, it makes you think about you're 16 years old, you're driving along, partying with some friends, and then suddenly everybody's dead. And so it's a dark book. It has got to be one of my favorite books of all time that Mark has written mm -hmm. um, because he doesn't pull the punches. And it, it still says life can go on even though bad stuff has happened. More shit's going to come at you. But, yeah, that's how you take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get one life, you know? So, so right. what was your takeaway? You got one life. Enjoy yep. it. Um, don't drink and drive, you know, don't get stoned and drive. <laughs> Definitely. If not. And, uh, it, it was, it was a harsh, it was a harsh reality for me when uh, I think when Jed passed that, that hit me deep because it, it, it was that parental figure that died that, you know, that happened with me with my mom about 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, it really hit me hard. It's, you know, you still, you still, it's not something like that. You still don't get over. You still don't deal with, you know, you, you, you process it and you acknowledge it and you live your life, but it's still that person that was always there for you. That was, you know, your best friend. That was your, your rock, your stability. Jed was Mike's father mike really didn't yeah. have a father his mother didn't no. really care for him they were kind of assholes to him which is why he ended up moving out to california to be with janelin and he met jed and from day one jed was that guy for mike yeah, that was his best friend that was his that was his father figure his only only parent figure that he had in his life in this new journey that he was doing and uh you know always tell the people that you love you know that you love them Never go yep. to bed angry with your significant other. You know, if you have animosity with somebody, settle it because you never know what can happen. You could be walking down the street with your fiance and boom, three teenagers plow into you and you're gone. And you I find always... that out at the end of this story that Jandalin was Durgan's girlfriend. And that's how this all came about. Paul, right. the, the three of them, well, Paul, I should say, was driving, ends up killing his two best friends 
in Jandalin and Durgan, a couple out for a walk, you know? Right. And did and you, you pick up that the the officer that did it, his name was Lawrence? Yes, I did. Well, you also pick up that Durgan, she was pregnant when she died. So I think that was kind of the tie-in at the end. I thought that was a little twist. And how Durgan kept saying, he, she's mine, she's mine. Mm-hmm. Well, they were engaged. So, I mean, Mark really wrapped this this one up with a tiny bow. And I always thought Jed was throwing the card games. I I didn't think Jed sucked. I thought he was like, this is a young kid. I see him like the son I didn't have. And he was just throwing the card games because he knew he was young and starting out. Possibility of that. But then when, my, my, uh, when Mike went over to go play cards with his friends, Jed and his friends while Janelin was away back home. Yep. Uh, was, he took all of his friends' money. His friends like, you're never invited back over to play cards. You know, <laughs> Mike right. was either that bad of a card player that he didn't even realize how good he was. Right. That he exactly. just took everybody's money. Um, I know you spend a lot of time on the road. And since I'm I'm kind of a fan, it turns out, of a real smart ass character. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a book a book recommend out to you okay it's uh, the forever by craig robinson and audible threw it out they got a publisher's pack out there you know um and he does a bunch of other books but it turns out like i really like the smart ass character who's neck neck deep in hot water and just can't shut his mouth and and throw something stupid out really love that kind of character all right i will definitely check that out so adrian thank you for coming back on brother it was great to see you and uh hope this won't be the last time oh dude no hell no i am sticking around i told the old lady she's stuck with me so i mean (laughs) i ain't planning on going anywhere anytime all right all right man what other uh if if you had to come back on front of the book what would it want to be I, I'll go. I will go anything. I enjoy this so much. I will just shoot me an email. I will come on with anything. Give me, give me a day or two notice. I I will speed through that book. Um, All right. Uh, I will. I will do anything. Um, well, they always throw yeah. it out on the uh, the official Chronicles of Michael Talbot the podcast Facebook page that you know anybody wants to come on and talk. What book we're gonna do? If you haven't had a chance to go on that, definitely do it. Um, I'm not sure if you are, Adrian, but anybody else out there, if you're listening on Audible, Spotify, or YouTube, like and subscribe it. Leave us a review. It helps other people find the show. It helps. It just it helps all around for some reason. Social media likes the metrics. And you know, like like you said, that Audible threw out another story to you that you liked. That it, this is how I found Mark. Because I was listening to post-apocalyptic stories and I said, oh, here's a free copy of ZF Zero. You might like this. And yep. turns out I liked it just a little bit that it's turned into all of this. Um, so, yeah, it helps other people. If, if they like the books and, and you like the show and you like what we do here, definitely help us out and give us a rating and review because it, it, it helps other people find the show and find the podcast as well. So. That is my two cents. I did my part. 
Adrian, thank you all very much. You have yourself yeah. a good night, my man. You too, man. All right, good night. You have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Copyright 2023 by Chestnut Hill Studios. No part of this show can be rebroadcasted, replayed, remixed, remastered, or rewind without express written consent from Chestnut Hill Studios and is subject to FCC violations and being called a big, fat, stupid doo-doo head. Our theme song, Zombieverse Aliens, was written brilliantly by Burnt Ends. The show was hosted by Jeff Royds with technical advisor Mary Napoli. If you like the show, please please give us a five-star rating and review. And keep up to date on all the news and updates on our official Facebook page, Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. And if you have not done so already, please download or buy the collective works of Mr. Mark Tufo.